welcome back, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. It's Southern Progression. Now coming to you from Savannah, Georgia. Moved over the past month. That's why I have not posted any new episodes. Because I moved and uprooted my life and dropped a new anchor in another state. I'm now in Georgia, which means I'm represented by two people who I absolutely railed against last year during the election season. Uh, John Ossoff and Reverend Raphael Warnock, two neoliberals, very boring candidates. Surprised they won, honestly. Uh, I believe I was, I was like, dude, there's no way these these guys are winning these elections. Uh, anyways, it's not really a good thing that they won, but it's like semi-refreshing, I guess, that I'm not represented by. Uh, the super pro-Trump senators in Tennessee. So anyways, uh, welcome back. We're here. There's stuff happening. Things have happened. There's lots to talk about. We can talk about Joe Biden. He took office, and he immediately decided to uh, bomb Syria. (laughs) Not a joke. Real life. Uh, So that's a thing. We're going to bomb Syria. Great. Do we have education? No. Do we have health care? No. Uh, is there a pandemic still raging on while we don't have health care? Yes. Uh, is insulin still some kind of ridiculous? What is it, like $300 where it costs practically nothing? I may be undercutting that. Maybe it's 1000 I forget. Anyways, basic things that people should have are extremely expensive right now uh, and have been for some time because profits, yo. That's how we roll in capitalist uh, late-stage capitalist society. Uh, we just let people suffer as long as someone else can take an extra golfing trip or buy a country club or whatever they do with this extra money they get from bonuses from fucking regular people like us. Um, anyways, so Joe Biden took office. Um, he's given you $1,400, even though you are owed twenty grand from last year that was never paid to you. You are owed $20,000. I am owed $20,000 from the U.S. government in the form of UBI payments that they missed. Uh, Other countries, this is not some crazy idea I just made up. Other countries were paying a UBI starting in March of last year, somewhere around $2,000 per adult. It varies from about $1,700 to well over $2,000 depending on the country. But for the most part, about $2,000, right? And so at least recently, it seemed like two grand a month was the most popular idea. Uh, instead of getting that, you're getting 1400 plus the 600 you got before. Oh, well, there's your two grand, guys. You needed it in the same month. Um, you didn't get it in the same month. So now it's $1,400 this month and $600 a different month. But all right. So that doesn't really work, right? Uh, but that's what you're getting, 1400 bucks. Um, you know, people lost their jobs last year. People got behind. People lost their homes. People died. All of these are very expensive things. It's not expensive to die, but it's expensive when someone around you dies because you have to arrange things for them. And do they have life insurance? And, you know. Anyways, so people dying is generally speaking a very bad thing. People losing their jobs is a bad thing. Uh, in capitalism, it is a very bad thing because our livelihood depends on it. Our lives literally depend on having jobs, which is uh, extremely fucked up. That's where we are. So um, you're owed twenty grand. 
And remember that. I tried starting a hashtag on Twitter, me and another person. I didn't come up with the hashtag. I came up with the idea, or at least I was one of a few people who uh, are small-time Twitter people thinking about it because we all kind of came together and started this. It's hashtag 20K Retro Pay. I've said it before on this program, and I called it a program just like uh, like Mike Figueredo and, uh, and Richard Wolf calls his show uh, a program, which is a very like old school thing to say. Anyways, I just noticed I did that. Is $1,400 going to change anyone's life? Probably not. Uh, Not for the people who are actually struggling still, people who live paycheck to paycheck, who have gone into debt because of COVID-19. They need about 20 grand dropped into their bank accounts tomorrow. And then they need two grand from now until the end of the pandemic. That's what people actually need. If you gave a working class person like my mother 20 grand (laughs) and she could dig herself out of debt with that money and maybe even start a savings account for the first time in her whole life when she's well over 40 years old, um, that would be life changing. $1,400 isn't enough to survive on. People in this country have rent that's $1,400. My rent at the last apartment I lived in, I now own a house, which is great, but uh, at the last apartment I lived in, we paid, after all the crazy fees and shit that these corporate places uh, add on to your rent, we paid $1,450. That was for a two-bed, two-bath apartment. Uh, There was nothing at all special about it, and we were not in a very, like, special location. It wasn't, like particularly low crime we weren't in a particularly good area we had like break-ins out in the parking lot several times it got so bad that the police department started parking cars in uh in our in our complex so anyways point being we were paying that much money for for no security there was no gate or anything like that no security uh pretty pretty shoddy place and they actually ended up charging us another $1,300 when we, when we moved out for pet damages and our lease uh, it says you're responsible for any pet damages basically right even though they also made us pay what they called pet rent we had to pay rent for having our cats there that was I think $35 per cat $70 a month over three years came out to be about $2,500 that they had of our money just for our cats to live there Wow, I'm getting off track. I digress. I just, I get fucking right. That's one of the things I'm passionate about is ending this uh, corporate apartment bullshit and landlords taking people's money, uh, you know, and squeezing them, really just squeezing people, making it so expensive to move out that you just stay there another year. That's wrong. That's one of those things where, you know, a right winger would say, well, that's freedom, you know, that that's freedom you know it's like i'm i'm free to be fucked by somebody that doesn't sound like freedom it sounds like i'm a slave to that person because i can't even afford to move out of the place i am forced to keep paying them that's not freedom uh anyway so you get fourteen hundred dollars it's not enough for a lot of people to survive on that's all you get remember that that's joe biden and these democrats uh who do that to you and I, I love shitting on Democrats. I love it. Oh, man, it's it's tasty to shit on Democrats. Um, because it, it's like, I guess it's easy to do. That's what makes it so nice. I apologize for the interruption. My phone started vibrating, damn it. 
Leave me alone. I'm supposed to be working. But, uh, you know how that goes, man. Um, taking a break. Record some stuff. Talk about this crazy shit. Here's a crazy shit to talk about. <laughs> Hashtag, I'm still with her. This is on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. That is when I'm recording this. And there's a hashtag on Twitter trending called I'm Still With Her. And it's talking about Hillary Clinton. Of all people to still be with. You're with Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton has never done a damn effective thing for a working class person ever. Ever. She stands between us in progress. She's one of the she's one of them who colluded to defeat Bernie Sanders the first time and then Joe Biden did the same shit with the DNC leadership the second time, you know, and 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 why? So leftists are tearing them up. I mean, all the people I follow are at the top and I see mostly people just shitting on this whole idea. Here's a good one. Uh this is at forgiven something else. Uh Hillary Clinton armed al-Qaeda in Syria to try to topple Assad, threatened to obliterate Iran if they bombed Israel, massacred Gaddafi, which incited a Libyan slave trade, real shit, backed the Honduran coup, real shit, sold the Saudis weapons to bomb Yemen, yes, we're still doing that by the way, robbed Haiti of billions of dollars, I believe she's talking about uh, billions of dollars in aid, I believe that's what she's talking about there. Um, wow, you could you could at least quadruple that list of shit she's done since she started in politics, uh, you know, three decades ago or something. Pretty, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awful. Uh, wow, I'm trying to scroll through here and find someone who is not a leftist shitting on this whole idea. <laughs> oh wait, wait. I got it. I got one. At words with Steph. Uh, you're a tool, by the way, Stephanie Kennedy. Hillary Clinton was absolutely right. Stunningly accurate. Brilliant and precious. Uh, Hillary foresaw the grave dangers. The grave dangers Trump posed if elected. She forewarned America in the strongest possible terms, only to be demonized by the GOP. Demonized by the GOP? She was demonized by us, by people on the left. The GOP was doing it just because she was running as a Democrat, and that's what they do. They play, it's a, it's a fucking game to them. We did it because we wanted to get things like health care so people can stop dying for no fucking reason, uh, educate people so that, so that they don't go, you know, a collective $1.7 trillion in debt and be handicapped for life because of that financially. I want to listen to this clip and see what the fuck she was talking about. Uh, from the start, Donald Trump has built his campaign. Uh, he's taking hate groups mainstream and helping a radical fringe. All right, so basically, uh, you know, while this stuff is true, a long history of racial discrimination, she says, who traffics in dark conspiracy theories drawn from the pages of supermarket tabloids and the far dark reaches of the internet. That stuff is, is true. He he did promote those people because he knew that they were his supporters. He knows how to read a room, and that's that's not a good thing at all. That's, that's definitely not, not a good thing. But, you know, to have Hillary Clinton stand up and say, well, 
this guy promotes racism. He promotes very bad, scary things. You know, she was part of po actual policy changes that ruined the lives of, of poor people in other countries like Haiti, like from that list I just mentioned. Uh, worsened the lives of people here in the, in the U.S. by colluding to defeat Bernie Sanders with DNC leadership. Things like that. Uh, not promoting basic policies that would help us. She's, she's never seen a war that she didn't like. She's, she's as evil as, as any Bill Clinton or a George Bush or a Barack Obama or a Donald Trump. The, the thing was that Donald Trump looked scary and he welcomed neo-fascism as a culture into the federal government and especially Christian fascism which Chris Hedges talks about, by the way, in uh, America, the Farewell Tour, highly recommend. He talks about it in there. It's very interesting to see how, um, how Christian fascism integrates into all levels of government in the United States. It's, it's spooky, really. Uh, guys, please don't do this. You know, to, to sit around and think about how bad Trump was. Was he, was he bad? Yeah. But you got to remember where we came from before Donald Trump. You came from Barack Obama, who expanded wars, who expanded government spying on average everyday people, not just here, but around the world. We're talking about neoliberalism being the cause of Donald Trump. That's why he was able to defeat Hillary Clinton, because she has an abysmal record for working class people, absolutely. Even even when she was trying to win an election, she still could not get behind ideas like Medicare for all, which was overwhelmingly popular then, and still is today in 2021. We're talking about 2015. Medicare for all is becoming mainstream. 2015. It's 2021, and we still don't have it. That's fucking nuts. With Joe Biden, guess what? You ain't getting it. Uh, AOC, by the way got on Facebook and Twitter and probably Instagram and was uh, excited about this $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill that's been passed, which I believe is the same one that includes our $1,400 payments. Jimmy Dore broke that number down, $1.9 trillion, into about how much a working class person should be getting out of that if it all went to our pockets directly. And it was about five grand, I believe, about $5,000. Now, $5,000 is a lot more than $1,400. It's still way, 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 way less. It's a quarter of what you should get today, a quarter of it, from, from just from last year. And it's already March, so, you know. So, anyways, uh, she was really excited about it. And that hurts me so deeply to see... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, someone who walked until her shoes were unwalkable. And to get elected, to, to upend the system we thought, you know, to get this squad of progressives stand up against the DNC establishment. And all we've seen is maybe a gentle tug at their, at their coattails. Just a gentle tug. Hey, you know, hey, we, we need to put a little bit of money in their pockets. I know you would rather do nothing. 
at all but why don't we put you know let's put a little bit in their pockets it's it's been so gentle and then celebratory when we get bullshit half-assed policies then there's a big celebration what does that sound like sounds like barack obama all over again damn we're right back to square one friends right back to square one uh you know we escaped donald trump's bigotry and we improve on some of the basic things that are genuinely good like the 15 dollars an hour minimum wage is a popular thing that supposedly we were about to get done and the bill that's uh in congress i don't think it's even it hasn't been passed yet i don't think it takes like it takes four or five years for it to come into play for everybody uh at 15 bucks it's a it's a phased in policy where it's like you know right right out 725 so after the first year maybe it's 10 i forget what the actual phase in is but 10 the next year maybe goes up to 12 next year goes up to 13 next year goes up to 14 next year goes up to 15 that sort of thing well by then 15 dollars an hour is already not enough money for people to survive on okay we're, then yet again we're back to square one we're back to 725 an hour basically maybe a small improvement from that where we are fighting for the next wage increase it's way past time to eliminate a minimum wage as a relevant policy for people to be paid on why are people being paid a minimum wage anyways or anywhere close to it minimum that's that's all a person is worth they spend most of their life awake at a job making money for somebody else for the executives and we give them bare minimum we give them what what the government forces us to pay or what our competitors force us to pay about nine ten dollars an hour for like a fast food place if you're lucky uh which is still complete starvation right uh damn back to square one and that's about all the politics stuff i want to talk about today i want to talk a little bit about having a job and switching jobs and stuff like that uh in the united states so i live in georgia and when i moved i got a new job like i started a new job maybe two weeks after i moved and it was an on-site in a building job i've been working from home for over a year and i have now returned to that job so i work in information technology and this was going to be a step up for me both in pay and in responsibility i was going to be essentially an IT admin for a car dealership and hardcore capitalist guy owns the joint he's locally famous like he has TV commercials if you say his name in this region people know exactly who he is uh, because he's got like country clubs and golf courses and probably a big-ass boat or a yacht or something he's mega rich okay and he doesn't invest in information technology like at all and they really didn't know what to even expect from an IT guy and went very poorly um, I couldn't get him to buy me the things that I needed uh, just to do my job because he's a cheap capitalist and he cares about one thing and that's putting more money in his pocket and then keeping it there for as long as possible uh, and that, that's that's most jobs unfortunately you're seen as an obstacle you're an expense item you're not an investment you are an expense item I had people in this job tell me if you want something 
then you will have to break it down for him financially, which is not what I do. I'm not, I'm not a finance person. I'm not an accountant. I'm, I'm not uh, a consultant. I don't know anything about that. That's not what I do. I'm an IT technician. I'm an engineer. I do the technical work. That's what I'm good at. I can tell you what I need, what we need to do. And then if you go buy the stuff for me, I can do it. I can perform the work. And then I can maintain that infrastructure I put in. That's what I do. But I had an accountant there tell me, uh, or no, it was the HR person, told me, you will have to break this down financially for him and show him how he saves money or makes money. It has to look good on paper financially. I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. And <laughs> and after we had several little incidents where uh, he was trading employees like shit in front of me, I had an office right beside his. And anyways, it went it went poorly, and I walked out. And through that process, uh, I thought about the things I had to do to get the job, and um, and I thought about the people who worked there how they can't just leave because there's not a job waiting for them somewhere else jobs are hard to get jobs are scarce okay you know it's we don't have a job market at least not in my industry or in theirs in uh in you know car service and things like that um where you can just leave today and go get a job tomorrow next town over or something it's not like that it's not like that my process of getting a job was that I was fighting with at least 20 other people on every job. On some of them, 200 applicants. 200 people. And I never even got a call on the jobs like that. I got a few interviews. Um, I got ghosted on every one of them. <laughs> and so that this car dealership actually gave me an in-person interview which was kind of weird because this is still during covid and they apparently don't know how to do a fucking web meeting but okay they wanted to see me materialize in person for some reason um and i had to go work in this environment where i'm touching people's stuff and doing all, the, all, all this shit during covid which i did not approve of at all because they couldn't even get their people to wear masks it just wasn't taken seriously at all uh anyways so I thought about the people who were there who were trapped who just have to take the shit because they got to get paid because they got to pay their bills. So they take a lot of shit from a lot of different uh, people and, and, and faucets of struggle like pay, like not having enough people to help you, like your computer being a piece of dog shit. So you spend more time waiting on your computer than you do, you know, waiting on customers like you should be. Uh, things like that, where they can't deliver good service, and then they get in trouble for not delivering good service, but then they tell them the problem, and no one fixes the problem. Like you, can, I went in circles like that, and I thought, like, damn, this is most people. I haven't been in a bad place in a long time, but that brought me back to reality to be in that environment. Like, damn, this is most people. Um, and unfortunately, I had to leave. It would have looked good on my resume, and... Um, I'll still put it on there, I guess, you know, uh, but there will be questions about why I was only there for two weeks <laughs> and it was decent pay, but I had to drive and now I don't have to drive. And so the pay gap isn't enough for me to think it's worth it. I save so much money in gas and car maintenance right now. It almost makes up for the pay gap. Almost maybe 
it might be maybe $1,500 a year difference between the two. And I get hours of my life back every day. I'm not frustrated. Things like that. Uh, I am privileged in that I get to make that decision for myself. That I had a good boss who took me back and pays me a good wage. A lot of people don't have that shit. Uh, so, you know, if you're stuck in a job, seriously, I feel for you so bad. So bad. And I just want, I, I wanted to blabber on about that experience. I also had to stop taking CBD oil so I could pass a drug test. And I, took, I stopped taking it like months prior because I didn't know when I was going to have to actually do the drug test. And, uh, and I use it for sleep and for anxiety and stuff. I have, I have real problems with sleep. And uh, I have not found a doctor down here yet, so I can't get my prescription refilled for my sleeping medicine that I started taking that's way cheaper than CBD oil and it does a great job. Uh, the prescription's not even a lot of money. And I don't have my own health insurance either because the company I work for right now does not offer health insurance. Uh, it's a very small business and don't have it. So... Pretty soon I'm going to age out of the Affordable Care Act stuff where I, I can't have my parents pay for my health insurance anymore and I'm going to have to start paying for it and uh, I don't I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, that's pretty scary. That's it's a scary thought. If I get sick, you know, once I turn, what is it, 26? Once I turn 26, I guess, uh, <laughs> it's either start paying up like $300 a month for some shitty health care plan or die I, like I don't know what else to do I can either die or you know what I'm saying pretty fucked up it is really fucked up my wife also doesn't have health insurance right now because she changed it's the same store but it's a different franchise a different franchise owns this store and so she technically has a new job she's employed by a different company through the same store it's Ashley Furniture and uh, they have a bunch of different franchisees or franchisers. I don't know what the right way to say that is. Uh, kind of blows. So she, if she gets sick also, and actually she, she needs to go to the doctor right now for something, and she can't because she doesn't have health insurance. You know, basic stuff like she needs some better contact lenses because hers get really, really dry, and they, they get so dry that they will pop out of her eye. And then, she, like, what is she supposed to do? <laughs> she doesn't carry her glasses with her all the time. Uh, anyway, so she needs to go do stuff like that, and like, she just needs an eye exam because you, if if you're like me and you have terrible eyesight, like I can't I can't just like get on a website and order contact lenses with my with a prescription I got five years ago. I have to go get a new prescription. I have to I have to get the eye exam. I have to do that part, and I don't fucking want to do that part. Why? Because it costs money, and then I have to buy. We have to buy the contacts after that. And so when you don't have insurance, it's like really expensive just to be able to see, to functionally see every day. We have to spend hundreds of dollars on eye exams and buying the contact lenses. Maybe you get a few months supply for $250 or something crazy. Mine costs, with insurance, mine costs like $250 uh, and I make them last twice as long as I'm supposed to, which is not good for my eyeballs, but I do it to save money. You see, like these little things that we, like how, how we endanger ourselves <laughs> because we don't have health care. Uh, anyways, I wanted to, to ramble on about that, about, you know, changing jobs and living in a new place and 
A little bit about politics today, just a little bit. It's a shorter episode than most. And, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to record some today. I wanted to get back into it, and I feel good about it. So if you're listening, thank you for listening. Tennessee Governor Billy. Hey, Billy, I come here, son. Let me talk to you for a minute. Southern Progression.